the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hot Kids show. This is Hot Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. So coming up on Hot Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Nadav Osendrava. He works at the latest sightings. Do you know what latest sightings do? Just stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM and you'll find out about them soon. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. Good afternoon, Nadav. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so we're going to start with the questions. Cool. Okay, so what is la- latest sightings? So uh, for for people who don't know what latest sightings is, it's a it's a company that I'm trying to build up. Um, it's a community of people that love wildlife and that go to the game reserve, whether it's the Kruger or Pilonsburg or wherever they are. Um, and it gives them a platform to share what they're seeing in real time, so that you know if you're in the area or someone else is in the area, you can see what animals are being seen around you. So you can go there and you can get to see it yourself in real life. So it's really a tool to to help you maximize your your experience in the Kruger or on, on a safari. Sounds cool. <laughs> when did you start this website? So uh, I started <laughs> later sightings when I was 15, so Whoa. probably in uh, at the end of grade nine Whoa. in 2011. Yeah, <laughs> that's young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know I, I did it during the December holidays when uh, when a lot of my friends were at camp, um, and I had just gone to the Kruger, and you know I, I'd kind of on that holiday. I, we didn't really see a lot of animals. And so I remember thinking someone right now is looking at a lion or a leopard or something interesting, but it wasn't me. And so I went home from that holiday and I thought, why don't, why don't I create something to allow people to share what they're seeing, you know, in real time. And, and so that's why I was able to do it. I was on holiday. I didn't have tests and have exams or stuff to, to study for. And I just thought, okay, now is the, I've got three weeks. Let's, um, let's build something like, like this and let's build a community and, and, and start helping people see more animals. Wow. So everybody can see animals, not like just one person. Yeah, of course. So, so it's a big community. So anyone who's in the park, um, they'll download the app or they'll go on our social media pages and they'll see what, what, is, what has been seen. So today there's been a lot of sightings of cheetah around Crocodile Bridge, which is one of the gates to the Kruger. Um, so if anyone's going this long weekend or, or, or who's there or whatever and, you know, you'd be able to know where to go and, and potentially see those, those cheetahs or, or a lion or elephants or whatever. Yeah. Um, did you know a lot about computers and the internet when you started the website? So I was exposed to a lot of it, you know. Um, I, I actually won an iPhone from a competition that I entered. So I was, I was starting to learn about smartphones and, and apps and, you know, and using apps for different things. I'd obviously had a computer that I'd, I'd actually bought in my Bomitsa money. And, you know, so I, I'd used a lot of these tools. In terms of programming, I'd, I'd, and zero knowledge about programming and and you know today I still I'm not a programmer but what I what I did know is how to use the internet to really learn a lot and so when I had this idea to make an app I used the internet to to learn how to do it um but you know where I started was definitely through my through my passion for wildlife as opposed to knowing technology and knowing how to program stuff okay 
Um, did you do this all on your own, or like did your parents or somebody help you? So, <coughs> I it was basically really all on my own in the beginning. You know, um, I, I had tried to phone an app developer. A development company told them uh, my idea and asked how much it would cost to do it and they said on the phone I'll never forget it'll be around 200,000 to, to, to a million rand and you know I was 15 I, I wasn't you know I didn't have any money I was probably getting uh, a few hundred rand for tax shop money or whatever every every few weeks and so I had nowhere near a million rand and so on the phone I said to them thanks so much uh, but I'll try and do it by myself and so that's what I did, you know. I, I kind of, I didn't have access to 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 hire people and and to big, you know, get a huge team to help me do this. And so it was basically just me in my room, um, with a few YouTube videos and uh, and a lot of Facebook accounts or or Twitter hashtag searches and stuff like that. And and that was when I, I you know, got got going and and really started growing the community, um, just using the the free tools online that was available. Um, when you were like young, like a young child, yeah. were you interested in animals and the internet? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> for me, the first time I went to the Kruger w- w- was when I was eight years old. And uh, we went there for three or four days. And every single second, I begged my parents. I just like continuously said, I want to see a lion. 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 And after four or five days or three or four days of 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 literally driving my parents mad. Mm. You know, we were about to exit the park. I'll never forget, we, you know, we could see the gate where we would exit and we wouldn't have seen any lions, but suddenly a pride of four lions started like crossing the road and walking in the middle of the road towards us. And it was that second that I, I just remember thinking, it, you know, the, you never know what's going to happen next. You never know what's around the next corner. And that idea that you just, you know, you could be around the corner from an unreadable sighting just made me absolutely fall in love with wildlife. And so that was when I was eight years old. And yeah. I begged my parents to go back every single year since. And also, I think when I was 10 or something, my parents joked and said, no, we're never going back to Krug again. And I literally started crying. That's how, that's how passionate uh, uh, you know, I was about wildlife first as opposed to technology or all of that. Wildlife is, is, um, is my absolute passion, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, are you studying anything at the moment? Yeah, so I am. I'm doing a, a part-time BCom at, at WITS. And so basically, because it's part-time, it's night classes. So I have to go from around uh, 5 p.m. till 9, half past 9 um, at night. And so uh, it's really long days because, you know, I'm at the latest sightings office, you know, the whole day, you know, from about 8 till till 5. And so 8 till 9 at night, it's it's uh, it's pretty tiring. But, you know, I'm... I'm really le- loving what I'm learning, you know, at Vits because it's actually helping me. Um, you know, I chose this as kind of a business degree because, again, starting this at 15, I had no idea about running a business or whatever and stuff like that. And so, you know, learning the law and a bit of the accounting really does help. Wow. Law sounds <laughs> hard. Um, how many people use this website? So, you know, we, we're quite a big community uh, every every two days. On online will reach over a million people. Uh, we have a nearly seven hundred million hits on our on our videos on our content. 
Um, you know, so it really reaches a lot of people worldwide. In terms of people in the park, it's obviously not, not as big numbers because not everyone's in the park, but we try and help people in the park and then, with us helping them, they get to see amazing stuff and amazing sightings and share really incredible videos and photos and then use those photos to grow the community around the world um, and show them what wildlife is and what amazing experiences you can have here and then drive them to come here and then join the community and, 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 and then share their sightings. So it's a big, it's a big cycle, but uh, it's quite a big community, yeah. Wow. So let's take a quick song break and we'll be back. Cool. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. I have Nadav Osandrava in studio with me. So if you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or call on 010-140-3020. An SMS has come through. It says, ha, don't you think the app has caused a lot of traffic jams at sightings and lessened the experience of the wild? So I think um, this is this is a good question. It's something I do get asked a lot. Um, and I think, you know, it, it really depends on how, on how you look at it. Um, the sightings, we get sightings all over the park all the time. And so before, you know... Before this app was around, there was a lot of like talk in the camps about where big sighting was and everyone go to one place. And so with this, it's actually over the years we've seen it, it's helped distribute a lot of the cars. So they'll go to all the different sightings as opposed to one. And so, you know, the traffic jam, it does help a bit with actually spreading our traffic jams. But then again, you know, this weekend, um, just alone, we've sent about a hundred people to the park this weekend and that's just through us imagine people who book normally on a long weekend and so on a long weekend when there's hundreds and hundreds of cars you know i've been to a sighting that i spotted and there was no signal so i couldn't even report it and within 10 minutes there's already like 10 20 cars and so in terms of traffic there's always there's always traffic jams you know there's an increasing amount of visitors to the park and the roads you know kind of they don't create new roads or whatever so it just becomes more and more congested but also the other question about like you know, that people bring up is people like spotting their own animals. They don't like it when they get told the animals are. And that's really cool. You know, um, for me, I love doing both. I'm, I go out first, you know, f- I'm the first one out of the gate, half past four in the morning and the last one back in at about half past six at night. So I drive the whole day and I work hard for sightings. I'll look at spur. I'll listen to birds and stuff like that. So I love spotting animals, but. You know, then again, when I see that there's a line a kilometer from me or something interesting, it really doesn't take away. You know, I love going to them and, and, and seeing an amazing sighting as well. And so for a lot of people who, who do believe that, you know, when you go to the Kruger, you should only spot your own animals. Of course you can. You don't have to download the app. You don't have to, you don't have to join the community or anything like that. And you can, you can just, you know, drive around the whole day, look for animals and, and, and potentially see something. But if you do that, plus use the app, App. For me, it's just absolutely enhanced my experience and a lot of people's experiences. Because you said, like before, that was your pa- that's your passion. Yeah, you know, uh, my passion is going there and and seeing animals. That's that's what I love to do. Um, and and it's a lot of why people go to the park. You know, a lot of people go there to relax, and that's that's perfect. 
but a, a huge majority go there because they want to see animals and we're just there to help them. Uh, and especially when, when you're coming from America and, and you're spending thousands and thousands of rands and you're only there for two or three days, you do want to increase your chances of seeing animals. Obviously nothing is guaranteed. Even with this app, you know, there could be a line on a kill. And you think, oh, it's definitely going to be there. And then next, next thing, an elephant comes, chases all the lions away. Um, you know, and, and you can't see them anymore. So, so obviously it's still fun. It's still a puzzle, but this just helps a bit. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to carry on with the questions. Um, what is the most exciting sighting that you've seen? So for me, I've managed to, to, you know, I've been going since I was eight. So it's been, been like 13 14 years now and so I've, I've really been lucky to have some amazing sightings um last year was probably one of my top sightings um i was just i was actually with a few people from israel that come to south africa and they booked a trip to go to the kruger and they wanted me to kind of be their guide and 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 show them animals and take them around the kruger as a person who knows what it is um, and so we had seen everything. We'd seen wild dogs, lion, but we hadn't seen cheetah. And so the last day I was like, okay, today we're going to look for cheetah. So we went up to Loisabi, we had lunch, um, and then we went out. And as we got out, literally a sighting on the app came in saying there's two cheetahs next to the road about two kilometers from where we were, literally two kilometers. So I thought, let's go see if they're still there. So we went. And luckily for us, they were still there and they were beautiful. They were right next to the road. And, um, the, there were a few cars starting to get there. So I thought, okay, let's just, let's just leave the, like the best position and move a bit forward to let everyone else have a chance. But we would still be parked in a way that we could still see them. So we did that. We moved about, you know, 50, 20 meters up ahead and we looked in the road and there was a hyena chasing an impala right to where we were. So that was really exciting. And suddenly they disappeared into the bush. And next thing, these two cheetahs started crouching and the hyena chased the impala into the two cheetahs. The cheetahs chased the impala almost like probably, probably like two or three feet from our car. And I was so worried about them actually chasing the impala into the car because that's happened. And we've gotten videos of that, of, of lions chasing buffalo into a car. So I was so nervous that was going to happen, but luckily it didn't. And so what happened is they end up grabbing this impala and, uh, and instantly, you know, they, they managed to, to kill it. Um, so it was really, you know, it's not a, a nice sighting, but it's an incredible thing to experience to see a kill. But the cheetahs then took the impala off into the bush and I knew there was another road. So we went into that road and we were looking for the cheetahs again. The next thing we see a pride of lions come and take the impala from the cheetah. Mm. And so, you know, this whole sighting went on for about an hour and a half, two hours. And it was just complete adrenaline for two hours. And then the next thing, we thought we'd go back to the cheetahs again. They were in the road. And so we did a U-turn. And by the time we did a U-turn, they actually caught another Impala. So it was, it was just a crazy sighting and, and, uh, and one that was really amazing. That is an amazing sighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, what part of your job do you enjoy most? So I think that, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot that I love, you know, Probably the highlight for me is being able to work with something that I absolutely love. You know, I started this when I was 15 and it wasn't, it wasn't a, a business idea. It wasn't like I sat down and I wanted to, you know, build a business. I wanted to, you know, literally do something with wildlife that could help me and my experience. And so 
the fact that that has turned into into a business is something that that I think I'm very lucky to be able to do to do something that I absolutely love that I don't even see as work. Obviously, it is a lot of work, and you know, there's a lot of time that goes into it, but. You know, when things don't go well, when things are hard, it's not like it's something I want to give up just because, just because I would have done it anyway. You know what I mean? And so that's something that I really love about, about working with this is that it is so surrounded by wildlife and, and something that I love doing. Wow, that is amazing. Um, what is the most <laughs> challenging part of your job? <clears throat> so I think definitely, um, something that is challenging, uh, sometimes, not on the whole, but, you know, I'm sure you know. Uh, you know, we, we're both very young, and uh, and I find that, you know, sometimes being 20 or 21 or whatever, and 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 trying to 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 do business with, you know, people who have been in in business for for like more than I've been alive. You know, it, it does sometimes come across, and you know, and and you you kind of this youngster sitting at the table, and you know, and I do think that I know what I'm talking about in a lot of these situations, but I do feel that every so often I'll come across when that is a challenge, when when I am quite young, and and you know, it's kind of, it's a bit harder to be taken seriously, but it's not something that I experience so much. Um, but definitely when I do, you can you can feel it. Wow. Yeah. Um. What are the main goals of your website? So for me, the main goal is definitely, it has always been to just connect people to wildlife through technology and, and, and helping people see more animals. But, you know, at the same time, kind of use that to help wildlife as well. And so, you know, often we'll get reports of injured animals or you know, animals that have been attacked by poachers, whether it's snares or whatever. Um, and we use our community to, to try and save their lives, especially because we're all real time and all the rangers that work in the game reserves are part of our community. They'll get these reports immediately and will try their best to go out and save those animals. And so that's something that I'm really excited about and, 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 you know, and to be able to, to help with that. Um, but then also on that note, we never share any rhino sightings just because of, um, of, of kind of poaching and there's like a big idea that if you share rhino sightings, you know, it will, it will put them in danger. Um, you know, I've never seen that, but we've just never, we've never done it. So, so we do try and actively, um, you know, help with anti-poaching, but also just saving animals using the community that we have. Yeah. Be safe and sorry. Yeah. Um, so like you said before about poaching and stuff, um, have you ever had a situation where you've helped an animal's life saved? An animal? Yeah, so there have been, unfortunately, quite a few times that we've had to, um, you know, use our community to save these animals' lives. And the one that really stands out was when I was actually there. So Grant Beverly, he's a guy who who works for the Endangered Wildlife Trust. He does a lot of work with wild dogs, and he he used to also head up the Wild Dog Project Conservation. And when I was in the Kruger. I got an SMS uh, from him or um, the one morning saying there's a wild dog with a snare around its neck. Uh, we need help to get people to find it. And so we were looking around. We sent it out. Everyone was looking for it. And we actually found the wild dog. And oh. so he called me, look, we've got the wild dog. Do you want to come and, and be part of, of saving a life? And I went and it turned out to be the alpha female. And so how wild dogs work there's the alpha female, the alpha alpha male, and those are the only two ones in the whole pack out of like 20 that breed. And so, you know, if the, if something happened to this female, 
the whole pack would basically be ruined because um, it's not often that that like they they swap positions. So if one's an alpha female, she'll stay there for the for a whole life. You know, unlike lions when they fight for it. But anyway, I got there and we found this wild dog, and and she actually turned out to be the alpha female, and she was pregnant. And so we managed to take off the snare. I recorded the whole thing, and you know, and was a part of it. And and the most emotional thing of it was we actually got to feel the pup's kick in her stomach. And so oh. to know that by one report of someone seeing this wild dog was the snare around her neck to saving the whole pack and you know there's there's just over 200 wild dogs in the whole of, of the Kruger and to think that you know 200 animals in a place that's bigger than Israel you know it, it's 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 minute it's really a small amount and so to again to save one but save a whole pack you're actually saving a, a big percentage and so it was really exciting to, to be a part of it Wow um, did you ever imagine that this, your website would be so successful? Um, never. Uh, it was never anything that even, you know, crossed my mind, uh, because it's not something I already thought about. It was just more during that December holidays. I was like, okay, I've got this now. Let's, let's get people to share their sightings. And slowly but surely people were doing that. I was contacting people, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. And, and slowly but surely people were joining and joining. And in the first three weeks, we actually got 30,000 downloads to our app. And so I was just, it was, it was crazy. And, you know, and it didn't feel for me, um, like it was so hard to do that so i didn't think it was amazing i thought like okay thirty thousand downloads you know it wasn't that bad whatever and and when when i started really telling my family about it telling you know all my friends and they were like they were shocked you know and i mean so it was really it was really cool to see how fast this grew and and to see that people were really enjoying what we were doing but it's it's definitely not something that i'd ever imagined wow um do you go into the wild and make videos on your own yeah, so I love doing that. Uh, you know, um, my dad actually was on here a few weeks ago, I think, and he's a, he's a photographer, um, <coughs> Ilan Austin driver. So he, he's always in my life just been the photographer. So I've never really been as interested in photography, um, as opposed to then using that a, a, and turning into video. And so whenever we've gone to the game reserve, my dad would always take the amazing photos and I'd just have my video camera and filming sightings and stuff like that. And, <coughs> and so when I was, I don't know, uh, probably six even, uh, you know, way before later signings was around. Oh no, not six, maybe, maybe eight or, you know, one of the first few times that I went to the park. Um, <clears throat> I went with my cousin and we had seen, we had stopped next to the small water hole next to the road and a crocodile came out and suddenly 20 terrapins, which are like tortoises type of thing, they started attacking this crocodile and I filmed it and I put it on YouTube and that video is sitting on over 6 million views and so my first video ever that I'd filmed really did well and so since then I've absolutely loved, you know, filming stuff and, mm. and that's what I do when I go to the park. Wow, that is unbelievable. Have you ever had a dangerous situation with an animal? So not really. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, what happens is when, when, when you are in a dangerous situation, it's usually because, you know, I, I think that it's the tourists that really don't know how to behave around these animals. And, um, 
You know, not always, but, you know, especially with elephants and stuff like that, people get really nervous around elephants and start acting differently. They'll rev the car by mistake. They'll stall the car and stuff like that. And, and that's when you can get into really dangerous situations. Me growing up, you know, going there all the time, I've started to really understand, you know, what the animals are kind of thinking by their behavior, by what they're doing, by how they're standing and stuff like that. And so luckily I've never been you know, in a situation where, where anything's been dangerous, I've walked also for hours and hours on foot. I've seen lions on foot and, you know, not once has, have I ever been nervous. And so I think, you know, for people who are in dangerous situations, they must just really try and learn to understand animal behavior. But, you know, the signs that, that show that they kind of making the animal angry and, and that should really, that should, you know, help you avoid any of these situations. Yeah, and stay calm. Definitely. Um, Never run. The, the, the top rule is whatever you do, don't run. And so especially if you do confront a cat or a predator, their instinct is, is to chase. And so if you're running, they'll chase you. So if you walk slowly, if you crouch down, you make yourself smaller than they are, you know, it's kind of small tips to, to get away uh, safe where if you're standing up, you're showing your, how big you are, and that's intimidating for a lion. You know, if you're running, it shows that you're scared and they'll chase you and, and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to our listeners on how to start their own project? So my advice, and I'm hoping, you know, this is the, the Chai Kids show, so I'm really hoping a lot of kids are listening to this. And, you know, if you if you if you do want to start something and you do love something. So first of all, I would think about it as you have to find your passion first. And so think about when you're not doing homework, when you, you know, when you're not doing anything for anyone else, what is it that you do, you know, in your spare time that you absolutely love? And that could maybe be your passion. And so I think take that and just start something around it. Start a Facebook page, start, start a small community around it online. Um, and then, you know, just grow it and don't do it for money. Do it because you love it. And then slowly but surely, if you do, you know, if you do grow a community and it does grow into something, it could potentially be a business. But I think the biggest thing is to find something that you love doing, but then to actually do it. You know, uh, if you start now when you're 10 or 11 years old, you know, it, you have so much time. And I think, you know, if you just actually start it and do it, that's the biggest step. Wow. Um, how does someone get the app on their phone? So if someone is going to the park, uh, maybe these July holidays or June holidays, um, you can you can go onto your app store, which is um, iTunes, Android, or whatever, and just search latest sightings. Or you can go to latestsightings.com, or you can add us on all these different platforms, Instagram, Twitter, you know, YouTube, all of that. But you can just search latest sightings. Wow. Okay, so latest sightings. Yeah. Um, and how do you make profit from the website? So at the moment, you know, this is still a really hard thing to do, uh, is to make money, but it's something that we are working on a lot. And a few ways that, that we do manage to generate a, bit of, a, a little bit of revenue um, is, uh, is through our content. And so what we find is that, you know, we help people see animals. They film something amazing and we're the first people to get it. And so what we'll do is we'll take a video, put it on our YouTube channel, sell it to National Geographic and all of that. And we'll make some money out of that. But through that, we also share the revenue back with the filmmakers. And so one of the people that had joined and shared their video, it has over a hundred million views. 
and that guy's earned over 300,000 rand and he's a pensioner he doesn't earn anything from anywhere else and we've managed to give him that amount of money and there are a lot of people like that um, he's obviously our top earner but we have a lot of game rangers that also uh, uh, that that are working in the park they don't make you know that much money but as a, you know being able to earn another 50,000 rand from us and, and through our partner program something that's really cool to be able to do um, and so content is definitely the one the run revenue stream the second one that we're also doing is uh, is we're helping people book to go to the game reserve because if you can't get there how are you going to share sightings and, and send in your stuff your, your you know your sightings and your photos and your and your videos and so we're really helping a lot of people um, just plan their trip and, and book it and, and go there. Mm. Um, how have you ever won any awards? Um, so I have over over the over the years. Um, I think um, I won a lot more when I, when I was fifteen and sixteen and and still cute. Now that I'm twenty one, it's it, you know it's a lot less of those. But you know one of one of the few ones that I think um, that really stand out in my mind was. Um, one being listed on the Forbes 30 under 30 um, for South Africa for aspiring entrepreneurs. So it's not like I'm a billionaire and I'm a Forbes list, you know, type of thing. But, you know, they highlighted a few, like a lot of entrepreneurs from Africa that are doing great work, that are starting up businesses. And I was, I was lucky to be, to be part of that list, which is really exciting. Um, uh, another one was a Jewish Achievers Award for Young Entrepreneur as well. Um, that was in my matric year. So uh, I went and I got this award and I was so amazed and I was so excited. But literally a minute afterwards, I had to go home and study for a maths period <laughs> the next day. Uh, you know, so so those are a few uh, of the memorable awards that, that I've gotten, I guess. Well, what is an entrepreneur? Cool. So an entrepreneur is... For me, someone, you know, who is kind of, who has some uh, idea or passion and, and does something with it and actually goes out and, and does something with it. You know, a lot of people have ideas, but don't ever start anything. They, you know, they, they kind of aim to get a job and stuff like that. An entrepreneur is someone who kind of works for himself, um, who builds up something, whether it's a business, doesn't have to be a business, but if you see something and you go out and make a difference and make a change and you do it, that's to me an entrepreneur. It's not, it's not only about, you know, businesses and, you know, building stuff like that. It's more, you, you have an idea, you have a passion, you have a cause, you actually go out and make a difference. And so that's what I think an entrepreneur is. Mm, okay. And how can someone contact you? So me personally, if someone wants to contact me um, and not later sightings, you can just send me an email. It would be nadav at latestsightings.com. So it's N-A-D-A-V. Or I'm on you know Instagram and Twitter. You know, you can just search Austin Driver or Nadav Austin Driver, you know, O-S-S-E-N-D-R-Y-V-E-R. Um, but I'm not so hard to, to get hold of. You know, you can just send me an email or whatever. And uh, and if you have any questions, I'd be happy, you know, to answer as much as I can. Okay. So thank you for coming on Kharkis today and teaching us more about the awesome work you do. It sounds very exciting and interesting. Um, this has been Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. Thank you to my guests for coming on Kids today. And thank you to my producer Mandy and DJ Flo for pushing the big, big red buttons. Join us on Monday for another Kids show only on 101.9 High FM. Shabbat Shalom and goodbye kids.